you write something that everybody loves, that means you didn't take any risks. So by taking a risk with a story or writing something that may be slightly controversial, you know you're going to have some people who don't like that. But it's a more complete story by doing that. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. And I am your host, Angelica. This is a podcast that talks about a little bit of everything. So sit back and enjoy the show. And welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me today. My guest is the author of the book called A Season in Light, but has wrote numerous of books. Welcome, get Gregory, to the show. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me on. Excited. Well, thank you so much for your time, and I cannot wait to dive into your journey. You have so many books out there, but please introduce yourself to my listeners. Sure. So my name is Gregory Eric Phillips. I live in Seattle, Washington, and my latest novel, A Season in Lights, is um, I'm very excited about it. It came out last year, and it's been uh, getting um, some good uh, good publicity, good reviews. People seem to like it. So that's always um, what an author strives for. Awesome. And oh my gosh, it's fantastic that you have written so many books, but how did you get started into this journey? Well, I, I've been writing since I was a, a small, small child, really. I mean, I wrote my first novel when I was 14. It was terrible, but you know, you just go from there and uh, kept writing. And eventually uh, about seven years ago, I got my first, um, uh, well, my first novel actually came out about five years ago, but seven years ago is when I, I got, you know, accepted by a publisher and, you know, finally kind of got over that hump of, just writing to actually being a published author. Wow. See, and I love hearing the different journeys because a lot of people either started just recently or been through a traumatic event that they figured, mm. you know, let me just put it on pen and paper. And then there yeah. was like the people like you that such a young age, like, you know, I can write and read a lot of books and storytell too at the same time, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Now with all your books here, what type of what is the genre of your previous books? I know you have a new book, which is a, a season in the lights, but if you can go into detail of all the books that you've gone in the genre. Sure. So genre is always a little bit of a tricky question for me because uh, I don't necessarily fit into a classic genre. I'm usually, uh, usually literary fiction is something that, um, a term that people use for me, uh, but the, the term literary fiction often makes people think that it's going to be a more challenging read. And my books are definitely not that. They're, a, um, they're, they're easy to read, um, very accessible, but they do touch on um, big topics. I, you know, I like my books to be more than just a good story. And now my first novel was historical. Uh, which is interesting because then that's not something I've continued to do, though, you know, maybe at some point because I, I do love it. But um, that was the one that kind of broke me, um, you know, broke me into this business. That one is called Love of Finished Years. 
And then my subsequent two novels, The Exile and then A Season in Lights, have been contemporary, but I think that there's some through lines between all of them. They, they have the same feel to them, and I think that they appeal to the same, the same type of readership. All three have been very popular with book clubs. And Gregory, when you're writing these books, what are you doing to get focus? Because it's amazing that you've written so much, but do you have to go to the park? Do you have to go to like an office space where no one's going to interrupt you? Do you need the TV on or some classical music? How do these ideas flow? You know, honestly, uh, well, first I should preface by saying sometimes they don't. So that's the reality of the situation. But when, when I'm inspired by a story, it, I can be anywhere. I, the distractions are not going to come in when, when the story is just really coming. Uh, but at times when it's not, then I need to create, a create space where there aren't going to be distractions, where I also work a day job, where I can separate from that. Um, you know, it, uh, I like to, I have a space in my home that is really good for, I call it my library, where I can, you know, kind of get some quiet time and feel inspired. I also love to go out to, um, to the forests, um, either just go on a hike and let the thoughts flow, or go stay someplace, you know, out, outside of the city for a couple of days and just really, you know, bang out a writing project. Love hearing that because I, I get so many different responses and it's pretty interesting. So I feel like I would be the same person too. Like you've got your own little space that you can just unwind your thoughts and put everything mm -hmm. on paper. Now, have you, is, I know it's a thing, writer's block. Now, how do you prevent uh, it? <laughs> you know, I, I guess I have a slightly different interpretation on that than other people. When I feel blocked I don't usually try to necessarily push through it because if I do, what I write is often going to not be that good. So I, when I feel the, you know, the block where I'm not feeling, I'm not, don't know where to go next with a project or something like that, my strategy is more to step away from it and go for a walk. Maybe that's, I, that's one way that it really kind of, often loosens up the inspiration for me when I'm outdoors moving. Um, and then, or I'll read because I feel inspired by, you know, other writers and get ideas from what they've done. So that, those are kind of, I, my strategy for writer's block is more to step away, give it time and then come back with fresh eyes. Mm, see, all right. See, I love that. And I'm curious with all the books that you've written, have you had an experience where you decided I'm halfway through writing this and all of a sudden you're like, I need to scrap this. This is not what I wanted. Has that ever happened to you? Because I've heard some people, they wrote the whole entire book and then all of a sudden they have to rewrite it. <laughs> yeah, that has happened with, with me. I have uh, a project that I've written a full draft and I'm just not quite sure it's where it needs to be. And honestly, I don't know how to fix it. So that project I've kind of stepped away from, um, which is really, really hard because you mm -hmm. put so much time and energy and emotion into you know, writing a book and to have that, you know, difficult 
conversation, if you will, with yourself is, um, it's tough. For sure. I can imagine. And what do you feel like is the most difficult part of writing a book? Hmm. That's a tough question because there, because it, it changes with each, with each project or with each yeah. phase. Um, I think being able to look at it with, with eyes that are unattached to it is something you need to train yourself to be able to do as a writer because you can get so close to your work that you maybe don't see the, um, the plot holes or the, um, something that maybe is not quite believable. And so to be able to look at it with those unattached eyes is, is something that I've, I, I'm still working on it, but I think I'm doing better than I was at the beginning of my writing where I can say, oh, this is, th- this doesn't quite work. It worked in my head, but it doesn't work on the page. Mm, yeah. And out of all the books you've written, is there one of them that is your favorite favorite? Well, I would have to say A Season in Lights, um, not only because it's my most recent, but it was the most personal because it follows the, the story of uh, dancers and musicians working off Broadway in New York City, sort of the, the small time performers who are not making it, not necessarily making it to the big time, but still having a, you know, a good career in the arts. And you know, I'm a musician and a dancer myself. So I was able to bring a lot of my experiences from my, uh, you know, stage performances and uh, the people I've interacted with over the years. So it, it, you know, it's not at all autobiographical, but it drew on a lot of personal experiences. And so that was, I just really enjoyed it. And because of that, I feel that novel is, uh, is really the closest to my heart. Oh, wow. See, that's so interesting that you have a background in that industry. And how do you balance your career and also being an author and a writer? You know, I just, if I love doing all these things. And so you just, you make time. Um, And I think that they all balance each other too, that my, um, my dance is a creative uh, outlet that is different, but complementary to my writing. Uh, And same with music. I think that they all just, you, you know, work well together as far as um, the whole being, you know, a more complete creative person. I also feel that as a writer, as a novelist, especially, having a wealth of lived experience is so important because yes, I have less time to write than I would if I didn't do these other things, but they, all these other things inspire me and the people I encounter inspire me. And these are the things that I draw on for for the stories. Wow. And see, this is where what you said at the beginning, it's balance. We always yes. have to balance the different priorities. Like it you sound, kind of sound like me because I have a full-time career. I podcast. I feel like it's a full-time thing as well. And then mm-hmm. I have a small yep. business. You have your family, you have your kids and it's just everything all yeah, combined. So you're, the, you're the same way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And it it takes a lot of prioritizing. And the thing is here with, I admire authors is because there's so much work that you have to put into these books. You you're creating the story, you're creating that imagery for us to read. And it's just like, 
I'm like, you know, the, it doesn't compare to what I do where I'm editing hours and hours of end re-listening to uh, different episodes. And, you know, I publish five episodes a week and I'm just like, for an author, you really got to stay focused and give yourself that, give yourself the time to really do it. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you feel like you've learned about yourself through every single book? Because I'm fascinated that you have this many books. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, you learn about, you learn through the characters because you put yourself into this person who is, who you've created out of your head, but then they take on a life of their own. And I feel that that broadens my, um, it just, it broadens me as a person to walk through this creation of a story in someone else's shoes. So that's how I, I feel it, um, it changes me as a person by, um, you know, by just giving me a more experience than I would have otherwise. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And you also grow with your character too, because you're, I feel like you're, um, you learn from what you've written, but also you kind of put it towards yourself too, at the same time, if that makes sense for what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And all your books are a bit different, right? They're not part of a sequel or. No, they're all standalone stories. For me, that's how I see story, mm-hmm. you know, that, that it, the scope is bigger, you know, the scope encompasses the, the major events of this character's life. So I've never felt the need for a sequel or for a series um, just because of the way, you know, the way I interpret story. Yeah, I see that. And the crazy thing with all of this and all the writing do you feel like you became, I know the the most recent of your book is kind of relating to you and you put a lot of your experiences into it, but in your previous books, do you feel like you've become the character after? Ooh, that's a good question. I've never really thought of it that way. Uh, in some ways, yes, you do. Is there one that you can tell us that you kind of became that character after? Um. I would say it's it's more that you internalize this character's experience, not that you begin to be more like them. And the, I'll use the example of, the, of in my middle novel, The Exile, um, and the protagonist, um, Leila, is a Colombian-American who's uh, facing a... Um, uh, she and her family are facing the threat of deportation and... Um, and also trying to, you know, make a career in the financial industry. And it's, it, her experience was very, in that book was very emotional and putting myself through that with her. I think, I think it changed me in some ways. I wouldn't say I became her, but that her experiences are now part of my, um, part of my consciousness in a unique way. Mm-hmm. And how do you deal with the criticism of your books? I don't listen to it. Yeah. I don't read. I don't. I don't read my reviews. On, oh, really? On you know, I, I re- read pro- professional and critical reviews, but you know, I don't read every Amazon review. You know, it's just I don't like to um, give space to that emotion. Yeah. You know, just you know, it's it's there. It's fine. Not everybody's going to like it, but 
Um, and but then you know critical reviews um, from people in the industry, I take those very seriously because that's positive feedback, not just some somebody who you read it and feels they need to say something. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's definitely yeah. difficult because you, you've worked so hard on this book. And then I know books are not for everybody. Um, different genres mm-hmm. are not for everybody either. So it's like, it's, it's like even buying technology, like this mouse sure. did not work for me. And you found a different mouse and you're like, oh my God, this is like the best thing they've ever invented. Right. So yeah, I, I get and it, you- which is really hard. And if you, if you write something that everybody loves, mm. that means you didn't take any risks. That's true. So by taking a risk with a story or writing something that may be slightly controversial, uh, you, you know you're going to have some people who don't like that. But yeah. it's a more complete story by doing that. For sure. And through your journey, have you felt like there was a challenge that you couldn't overcome. Like this was more than the writer's block. This was more mm-hmm. than, than like a negative comment through publisher or editors or whatever. Was there something more like that you had to face as a challenge when writing your books? Hmm. You know, when I'm actually writing the books, especially mm-hmm. the, you know, the opening draft, I, I, I do that part very much alone. I don't like to talk about what I'm writing with, you know, my friends or family or with editors. I like to just have, have it completely on my own. Once the first draft's done, then I start to pull in, um, pull in others. And I would say that, I mean, some, you know, I mentioned earlier that I wrote a, a draft that I, that I feel I may have to, you know, move on from. So that, there is a situation where, yeah, that on that particular book, that's something I may not be able to overcome. But there's always another story. So there's always, I'm always thinking, okay, okay, what's next? Even after a setback, what can I do, um, do next that's going to excite me and, you know, be, be a valuable project. So I don't, I don't like to think that there's ever something that can't be overcome. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's, it's a crazy journey. It's a wild one. We all go through uh, this journey of uh, with our hobbies, with our part-time side hustles, our full-time careers. And it's amazing what we can learn from one situation that can help us in the other. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's a remarkable journey, whichever path we take, we always learn from that. Yeah. Now, your book, the a new season in the lights. What do you want the readers to get from that book? Uh, it's sort of twofold. So, first of all, and first of all, I want to convey the uh, sort of a backstage glimpse of what it's like for these performers working in these just small back alley theaters and you know hustling to to make a living and, you know, just kind of bring the reader into that experience in a way that they may never have experienced. That's, that's sort of the first uh, part of it and why I started writing A Season in Lights. But the book became much more as, as it was written. And especially in that I had, I had this book completely written in 
2019. It had been edited. It had, you know, it was, I thought, ready to go. And then in March of 2020, beginning of the pandemic, Broadway shut down, all the performing arts, you know, around the world shut down. And as somebody who's worked in that business and who knows many people still working in it, I wanted to show the effects of that on these performing artists, not only the economical effects, but, you know, emotional and, you know, their very identity was taken away. And it gave me a unique opportunity that I already had this completed unpublished novel about performing artists working in New York City. So I quickly rewrote or wrote a new final third of the book. And I was writing it literally as events were happening in March of 2020. It, you know, the March 20th, I was writing March 20th in the, in the book. It was such a unique experience as an author. And so that's the second piece that I want people to get out of this is just to understand what the impact of all of that was on these, on these people and to see it through, you know, through fresh eyes. Yeah, definitely. Like everyone was affected, especially in that industry. Like it, it broke my heart, even when I was interviewing some uh, Broadway uh, people in theater and in Broadway and also actors and actresses, how they really was like, oh my gosh, like all these plans that we had, gigs that we had lined up, it just wished away in just an instant yeah. and some cannot recuperate and it sucks. Yeah. But, you know, people need to hear and see that, how we can contribute as a community to... Mm-hmm help this industry flourish again yeah yeah and the best way to do that i think is just by supporting the arts now that it's back for sure for sure now what advice could you give somebody who is starting to write their first book or even you know contemplating on writing one Mm -hmm. i would say first and foremost be a storyteller the the reason you want to write the reason you are contemplating writing um, a novel in particular, is you have a story you want to tell or a story you need to tell. And so let that be the first part. Don't worry so much about your, the the structure, the, you know, the um, craft, all those things you, you can learn along the way. But the most important thing for somebody starting out is to tell their story and not be shy about doing that. Just let it run free. Just write it, put it on paper, get your thoughts out of your mind and you'll make something happen. Exactly. Exactly. And then once, once you've done that, you can, you can edit it. You can, you know, take classes, learn about the craft of writing, um, which I also, you know, recommend, you know, reading books about writing. If you're, if you're new at it, it can, give you, um, you know, a lot of good, um, good ideas on how to, um, you know, how to structure a book correctly and how to make it compelling. Uh, but again, all of that is secondary to if you have a good story, that will take life of its own. For sure. Definitely. I agree with you. Well, Gregory, this has been fantastic. Thank you for sharing your yeah. journey as an author. Where can the listeners find you plug in your social media and your website? 
Sure. So um, it's all with my full name, Gregory Eric Phillips, and Eric is spelled E-R-I-C-H. So, um, so my website is GregoryEricPhillips.com, Facebook, Gregory Eric Phillips, um, and Instagram, same Gregory Eric Phillips. Those are the two social medias that I, that I use. Uh, on my website, there are links to, uh, to buy the book. It's also available on Amazon or through your um, local independent bookstore, by, uh, usually by special order. So um, pretty much anywhere books are sold, you can find. Well, thank you so much, Gregory, for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Angelica. Well, to all my listeners out there, Gregory's information is in the show notes. Show him some support, buy his books, gift it to somebody. And thank you for tuning in. And that's all we have for now. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jessica with the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Hey, it's your boy, Bromar, host of The Bromar Show. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pen from the CQP Moments Podcast. Let's separate your body. This is your boy, Ken, a.k.a. The Gentleman of the Gentleman Lifestyle Podcast. Hi, this is Stephanie Valente, your local massage therapist. And now you're you listening, are to listening to, to a, little a little bit of everything, everything with Angelica. Angelica. That's it for now. And thank you for tuning in on another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me, 